Tonight's the night as Governor Henry McMaster and challenger Joe Cunningham hit the debate stage. We, we already know what Cunningham's going to say because he's going to sound like every other Democrat that's running right now. That's true. Uh, we banned critical race theory well, in the it, budget it proviso. It doesn't exist. Well, it's a good thing we it banned it, though, because it, does, it does exist. It doesn't exist. We'll talk about a new finding Ooh. in South Carolina and... The New York State Supreme Court rules that if you got fired for not getting the Fauci ouchie, you get back pay and your job back. We'll talk about it today on the podcast. Welcome into the fastest growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina. Boys, our video fast growing on social media. Hi to all of our new fans. Glad, glad that you're here. <laughs> glad you're joining us. Yes, we on are. The podcast. We have our books. We have our flag. So we're smart and we're patriots. Yeah, we are. Um, so today we're talking about the governor's debate. It is tonight. It is tonight in our venerable capital city, Columbia, South Carolina. On at good old ETV. SCETV. Gavin, here's looking at you. Have a great time moderating the debate tonight. But, um, you, so, you know, in years past, you go into debates specifically with, with presidential debates with one uh, president, number 45, really not knowing what could happen. And I think we all broke the mold with that Chris Wallace debate. This is true. Uh, but, but usually we go in not knowing what they're going to say. I think that it is totally different this time around because if you listen to the Democratic talking points. I don't know if we're going to hear a difference between Joe Cunningham, Charlie Crist, who's the woman out of Georgia? Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams. Val Demings, the Senate candidate in Florida. Or, or our guy out of California, Gavin Newsom, because I think reality shows us pretty quick. They all sound exactly alike. Here's what's interesting. I'm going to play for you Gavin Newsom's ad. We played this for you before on the podcast. This is his July 4th ad. If you listen, you have undertones. Mm. of American patriotic music, which I didn't know Democrats were allowed to do because America's racist. But no. uh, you, you ha you'll have the Gavin Newsom video, and then I'm going to play you the ad that Joe Cunningham has currently pinned to the top of his Twitter page. So you see it as soon as the 10 people who like him go to it. Here are both videos back to back. It's Independence Day, so let's talk about what's going on in America. Freedom is under attack in your state. Your Republican leaders, they're banning books, making it harder to vote restricting speech in classrooms, even criminalizing women and doctors. I urge all of you living in Florida to join the fight or join us in California, where we still believe in freedom, freedom of speech, freedom to choose, freedom from hate, and the freedom to love. Don't let them take your freedom. Paid for by Newsom for California Governor 2022. I'm Joe Cunningham, and the way I see it, the race for governor comes down to this. Do you want more freedom or less? I'll eliminate the state income tax so you got more money in your pocket. Legalize marijuana and sports betting so we can fix our roads and pay our teachers more. And yes, I believe women should be free to control their own bodies. Henry McMaster doesn't trust you to have any of these freedoms, but I do. Joe Cunningham, governor. Joe Cunningham, governor. That's the biggest lie in the whole thing. The, the point... <laughs> The point is, I'm not going to be... Well, I wasn't cheeky enough on Friday, so welcome welcome to our newest edition. The where cheeky I edition of the Palmetto Family uh, Matters podcast. Uh, the problem I have with this, Dave, if you play both of them side by side, you right. notice this whole undertone of freedom. After 2020, when Democrats ac across the country 
chose to completely throw their states into lockdown, shutting down businesses, shutting down economies, not letting children go to school. But we not don't to, do that here. Well, we did for a little bit, but, but not. But we opened back up fairly quickly. Fairly quickly. Uh, as Florida did, as South Carolina did, and other red states did, you, you see Democrats are now going for this, we're the party of freedom. And if you just objectively look at it, and you look through the lens of truth, I'm sorry if that was offensive to you that I just said truth, uh, but if you look through the lens of truth, there it is again, that's a lie. I think, let, I'm going to challenge the, the lens of truth on this one. From It's you, been challenged if, for a couple days. <laughs> if you look at it through the lens of actually just what happened, like just look at them in their own words. <laughs> that, I mean, whether whatever we want to call it, if you look at the actions of predominantly blue states, mm-hmm. it was shut down, shut down, shut down. Red states remained open, and it's amazing how what's you call it the Fauci, the Fauci, Fauci, the jab, how. The information is now coming out as we get really, really close to a midterm election that, oh, it was, it, it really didn't do any good. It wasn't stopping the spread. We'll get, we'll get to that in a second because I have a few things that I want to say about this whole ordeal with, with the Fauci-Alchi, the jab, the COVID-19 shot. We'll get to that in a second. But you're right. As we look back over, I mean, 2020 feels like a decade ago. It the does. news has been moving so quickly over the last year and a half. Gavin Newsom literally had truckers dumping sand in skate parks so that people would not congregate outside at state at skate parks. But didn't he like go out to dinner for a birthday party after he shut at the, the French laundry? Yes, yes he yeah. did. But, oh. but see but see he can do that because he's the governor. Oh. You can't do that because you're a plebe. Oh, this is and where the elitist mentality is correct. really coming. But it bothers me, Justin, when you listen to what they have to say. Mm. This These Democratic talking points, where they all sound exactly alike. So whoever's doing talking points at the DNC. Good job, Jamie, I guess. I guess that you're all talking about the same sort of thing. But cool. You're beating the drum on things, though, that, that voters aren't caring about. No, they're not. And and polling has shown us that. Polling has shown us that uh, independent women, the swing of the of independent women voting has swung from like 16 points in favor of Democrats to now uh, 18 points in favor of Republicans. Which is an insane swing. And it has been after the drumbeat of abortion, abortion, after abortion. Roe. After Roe. After Roe. After all see, of these things. See, I thought that... Maybe because I've been listening to them. I thought, again. I thought Republicans were. I, I thought Republicans and conservatives wanted to like burn women at the stake for having abortions. I'm confused. That's that's that is among but the Democratic Joe, talking points. But, but Joe Cunningham, if you notice in his ad, he does the same thing as Newsom for the most part. He talks about I want to give you freedom. I believe in your freedom. I believe in your freedom to have more money in your pocket. But ignore the fact that the state legislature just this year passed a state income tax cut. Uh, and you're actually going to be getting a check in the mail in a couple of weeks. You will be getting checks in the mail off of that income tax yep. cut. That's going to be coming in, depending upon when you actually filed your taxes, you might get it just before or just after Christmas. Hey, if it's before Christmas, that is hey, a boondoggle to the state economy. Because that is going to be looking at somewhere upwards of anywhere from 400 to $800, depending upon how much you paid in taxes. For those of us who are planning a trip to Israel, that will help. <laughs> that will help a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But this is where 
when you look at this, the other part about that I find very deceptive from the Cunningham standpoint is that he says that he is going to eliminate the state income tax. Joe, let me explain something to you real quick. We are a legislatively driven state. If you do not know how to work with 170 men and women who make up the state legislature, you have no idea what it's actually going to take to be governor of the state. Because it's going to take the ability for you to work with the legislature who this just this past year said, hey, listen, we're going to cut state income taxes and we're going to gradually reduce them from 7%. We're going to cut them to 65 and then we're going to continue to cut them down to 6% over the next few years. Well, and that begs the question of why, and again, I'm not going to, this isn't for here or there, but it, it begs the question of why he chose the running mate he did instead of going with a, a Mia McLeod who was up against him in the primary or a, Jer- or a Spencer Wetmore or a Jermaine, Jermaine Johnson, Johnson. Yeah. somebody who is in the body specifically maybe in the house that can work with the legislature who right. understands that process here in the but, state. Uh, but that is a place where I don't necessarily think that Cunningham looked at it from a strategic standpoint beyond just what the polls were, the Democratic polls were telling him because woman, 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 yeah, woman, woman and abortion, woman and abortion has to be the issue. And it's not, I'm sorry, but it's it's an important issue. The life issue is very important. It is. But when it comes to polling and when it comes to what's driving people to the polls, we're seeing the numbers tell us it's the inflation, it's the economy. Now, we talk about Democrat talking points. It's debate season. Right. That's what you use to catch the fish in fishing season, is debate. <laughs> You're welcome. That's your dad joke for the day. Thanks. I'll leave it alone. I have four debate moments for you. Mm-hmm. We're going to start with Charlie Crist and Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida. Great debate. Uh, then we'll go to Kathy Hochul oh. and Lee Zeldin in New York, followed by uh, Val Demings running against Marco Rubio for the Senate seat in Florida. And finally, we'll finish up with Dr. Oz and John Fetterwoman. And I want you to notice, yes. and these are just clips, but I can tell you with absolute certainty Every one of these debates pivoted back to this topic repeatedly, no matter the question given by the moderator. You know it. He wouldn't answer your question. Do you want to ban abortion completely? He never got to it. He talked about Jamaica. I don't want to ban abortion. I want to make sure we keep a woman's right to choose available to the women of the state of Florida. And I want to make sure that we don't have a governor in the future who wouldn't even allow exceptions for rape or incest. Is there any restrictions around abortion that you would approve of? What we have in New York State is simply a codification of Roe v. Wade. So what has been out there since the Supreme Court, before the Supreme Court, undid 50 years of progress for women, so women like myself and my daughter would have a right. My granddaughter does not have the same right that I had to make a determination in concert with myself or my doctor if it's after the six month. So we have the same restrictions, and anyone who says otherwise is just incorrect. Senator, how gullible do you really think Florida voters are? Number one, you have been clear that you support no exceptions even including rape and incest. Now, as a police detective who investigated cases of rape and incest, no, Senator, I don't think it's okay for a 10-year-old girl to be raped and have to carry the seed of her rapist. No, I don't think it's okay for you to make decisions for women and girls. As a Senator, I think those decisions are made between the woman, her family, her doctor, and her 
faith. And to sit over or to stand over there and say that I support, don't support abortions up to the time of birth is just a lie. But to help protect the life of the mother, which you looked at that like it was just, well, kind of a, well, that's kind of a side issue. Senator, you know that you have said you don't support any ex Would you support allocating federal funds to transport women who live in states where abortion is banned to states where they can get one, and why? 30 seconds. I would. I, I would, because I believe abortion rights is a, a universal right for all women in America. I believe that it, I believe abortion is health care, and I believe that that is a choice that belongs with each woman and their doctor. So there you have it, four different debates in three different states, two in Florida, one in New York, one in Pennsylvania. All four clips, abortion, and the Democrats are gonna, are, are gonna go with this, Dave, but I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. They are cruising for a political bruising yeah. in two weeks because People aren't going to the polls for this. And you know what? If, I, if I'm sitting here on November 9th recapping this election with you and, it sh and it's different, uh, mea culpa. Yeah. I'll, 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 I'll seed on this one. I don't believe this is really driving people to the polls. No one's going to the polls going, wow, Marco Rubio doesn't support abortion up until birth. Val Demings is my gal. No, they're going to the, they're going to the polls right now going, it cost me an extra $60 to be able to fill up my tank this past month because I'm now having to pay more for gas than I was having to pay before. My cost of my groceries has gone up. I'm spending for every hundred dollars that I'm spending that I was spending, I'm now spending 113. This is a place where I think the disconnect has to exist in the minds of Democrats, Justin, because they are sitting there going, we can't own what Joe Biden has done, so we're going to have to deflect, and they're deflecting off of the only other talking point that they have, which is, let's fly to the left even further, let's not talk about the economy, let's talk about an issue that, it, to sit there and, and to say to Marco Rubio, you really want a 10-year-old girl who has been raped to have to carry the seed of her rapist, I mean, the, the, the flare-ups that are going along with this, and we're going to hear it, you're going to hear it tonight yes, in the are. gubernatorial debate. That Governor McMaster supports a total abortion ban with no exceptions, not right. even life of the mother. You're going to hear is, it and, within the first five minutes. Right, because <laughs> it is the only other place yep. that the Democrats can go right now. They cannot point to a stronger economy. They cannot point to protecting your kids. They cannot point to anything other than we are for abortion. Abortion. We are for abortion. Well, well, we are for abortion. We're for uh, mandating your children to get a vaccine that has been proven not to be as effective as that would we be said the it ouchie, was. Isn't it? Uh, yes. Okay. And and we are we are for a man claiming to be a girl interviewing the president in the White House, which we will get to on another show because we got a lot to cover. In South Carolina, this at, on, on Fox News, courtesy of the South Carolina Freedom Caucus. They released audio of a professional development specialist explaining how tenets of critical race theory seep into the state's public school system. The South Carolina Freedom Caucus, a conservative group of state legislators, we've talked to uh, Adam Morgan on the mm -hmm. podcast recently, said the recording was provided by a whistleblower and allegedly shows Tarika Sullivan, a professional development specialist for EL Education, explaining how she works with, quote, school leadership teams to help improve schools 
and provide curriculum support. Sullivan explains further that the curriculum is inclusive of culturally relevant teaching and that the teaching starts with, quote, school leadership and then subsequently to the whole staff. Sullivan said, quote, I would first start with an assessment of what are your beliefs about the state of affairs in this country? Like, what do you think? Tell me about your privilege. Do you enjoy any privileges? What parts of your identity are privileged? So I would ask that to you at home, what parts of your identity are privileged as a white male? Here are some of the privileges that I enjoy, but it starts with that, Sullivan said. Sullivan appears to explain that the academic term for the subject is called culturally culturally relevant peda, pedag- pedagogy. Pedagogy, thank yes, you. I, I graduated college. Um, she goes on to say that when we start walking into school doors, we spend less time calling it that and more like respecting students' cultures. We're bringing the culture into the classroom and honoring and respecting the tenets of critical race theory. We have allies and we have co-conspirators, she says in the recording, describing a co-conspirator as someone who teaches these concepts even if they get in trouble. Dave, I was told critical race theory doesn't exist, but it is a good thing if we teach it. But it doesn't exist, but it's good. I, 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 I do television commentary on the CBS affiliate during the legislative session. I was... The, the question of critical race and theory. On, and on election day. And election night. Tune in. There. Um, I, I, we had a whole discussion about critical race theory. And the person who I was on with um, vehemently said that that is a lie from the pit of hell. That I said, then you're telling me that t- educators from a school district here in Columbia, South Carolina, when they say that these things are being taught in professional development, the answer, the, the the jump on answer was that's a lie. It's a total lie. I said so. Those people are lying to me, and the guy said, "Yes, they are. Apparently, they are being taught these things." Now, here's the thing: is critical race theory curriculum being taught in the classrooms of South Carolina? No, but the argument will be made that this sort of stuff is starting with the staff. It's starting right. with the it's starting with the administrators then seeping into how you teach your staff. And this is the lens with which you should view educating students. So I I, I treat this kind of like, okay, think about a sponge, okay? Say you have a sponge and you put it on a plate and and you start dripping water into it. It's going to eventually soak up and fill the sponge. And eventually the sponge is going to be so full that as you continue to drip water into it, it's going to fill the plate. And that's what's going to happen in our classrooms in South Carolina. It's being taught into, it's being dripped into professional development. So those teachers who are there they're gathering these things, taking it in, they're going to seep it out into their classrooms until eventually it starts filling up the culture of the school, the culture of how things are taught. So when you want to talk about culture, they're trying to redefine the culture of our schools. It's not anything new. This goes all the way back to John Dewey, if you sure. want to start, and Horace Mann, sure. if you want to go back and talk about the history of education. That is a place where the indoctrination, not the education of children, is becoming a primary focus of so many within the educational pedagogy of our schools. How do we teach the teachers to then teach the students? And that is where this blatantly shows, Justin, that it is there 
it is being put into the schools, while it may not be directly as curriculum into the classroom, Correct. it is seeping itself into the way your children and your grandchildren are being taught in our classrooms. So that's happening in South Carolina. I think this is a perfect segue to let you know that the debate for superintendent of education is coming up, I, I believe, November 2nd on SCE TV. So Gavin's going to be really busy. That's going to be a really interesting... Yeah, <laughs> Gavin, <laughs> thanks, bud. Best of luck. Uh, I think that's going to be the bellwether election. When you start taking a look at what is the big swing, where do you see the, the most, I want to say, vulnerability at the moment? I don't think Henry McMaster is going to have that much of an issue. The question is, are people going to recognize what um, is being talked about and really driven by what a superintendent of education can do to set theme and tone and guidance and direction and, and what needs to be done to make significant changes in our education system. Important to note that uh, current superintendent of education and outgoing superintendent of education, Molly Spearman, Spearman just endorsed Ellen Weaver uh, for the job just within the last couple of days after endorsing her opponent in the primary. Something to keep in mind there. But we shift for our final story today. I'm going to have fun with this one. Oh, are you now? Yes, I am. Really? Because I, I listened to a podcast and the podcast host... Uh, the show host says the difference between a conspiracy theory and the truth is right around six months. Um, <laughs> okay. Because, and we have this, the New York State Supreme Court reinstates all employees fired for being unvaccinated and orders back pay. The New York State Supreme Court has reinstated all employees who were fired for not receiving the Fauci Alchi, ordering that they receive back pay, saying their rights had been violated. The New York State Supreme Court, remember they had the gun ruling a couple months right. ago. They are just flipping people on their heads here. The court found Monday that, quote, being vaccinated does not prevent an individual from contracting or transmitting COVID-19. Now, newsflash to Rachel Maddow, newsflash to Rochelle Walensky, to Anthony Fauci, to Kamala Harris. You mean all the people who have gotten COVID after having the jab? We have had we have had so many people tell us things that just aren't true. So many people tell us things that just aren't true. And, and, listen, and it's your own. You listen, yeah. if you if you want to get vaccinated, man, go for it. Yeah. Do your thing. But as we've moved further away from from December of 2020, right. when the vaccine was rolled out, right. the further we go. The more we begin to realize that this was an experimental shot that Pfizer has noted was not tested on people. That's that we're seeing a rolling of people and people who didn't want it that were forced, that were under the thumb of the elitist governments, uh, whoever they are in North, New York, California, or even businesses here in Columbia, South Carolina. There was a there was a a program director of a station that was fired for not getting the COVID vi vaccine. Because he refused to get it. Because he refused to get, get it on a religious exemption. Right. So, all of that to say, the New York State Supreme Court says, well, the shot doesn't prevent you from transmitting or contracting COVID-19. Therefore, there was really no necess necessity to force employees as terms of employment to get the shot. Therefore, they were unduly fired and they should be rehired and paid 
what they lost while being fired. I find it very interesting that we are now going full circle to this entire podcast today. Because remember, we started off today talking about how the Democrats are talking about more freedom, more freedom, more freedom, more freedom. And yet, Justin, they wanted more control, more control, more control over you. And now we find six months later, a year later, what they were demanding that you do in order to keep a job. If you don't, if you don't get it. You're in danger. It's not that you're endangering yourself if you don't get it. You're you endangering don't get it, other people. You're endangering other people. Right. Mom and dad, grandma, grandpa. You don't want to kill grandpa. Of course you don't. But if you don't get the vaccine, you will kill grandpa. And it'll be your fault. And that's what you heard over and over and over again. And it's I find it very interesting. And again, it goes back to what we talked at the very beginning of this podcast. They can't talk about the real issues that people are feeling and talking about right now. They want to turn around and deflect away. And actually, it's very deceptive to talk about, we want you to have more freedom. My body, my choice, only when it involves killing a child. Right, because my body, my choice, when it comes to whether or not I'm going to get a vac- an experimental vaccine, no, you can't do that. You have to have this in order to keep your job. And now we can look and see that, you know what? Those folks were right to turn around and say, hey, listen, I don't want to turn around and take an experimental vaccine. And if you lose your job in the state of New York, then guess what? You get back pay. And now here's the question. Who's going to be paying for that? Let's just ask this question. Okay. Person works for a city of New York. Right. Well, this was mostly firefighters and police officers. Okay. So firefighters, police officers, city of New York, they turn around and they say, I'm not going to take the jab. I'm not going to take the Fauci-ouchie. Okay, like the Fauci-ouchie. The Fauci-ouchie. So, and because of that, they're now fired. Okay, yes. so yes, that I person am. has now been out of the workforce. They've had to get a job somewhere else, mm-hmm. either at, as a, let's just take a firefighter, either as a firefighter in a different city, they may have had to have moved and everything else. So they had to be able to provide for their family, have a job, do those things that need to be done. So instead of that person continuing to do their work over here. They've been paid by somebody else and the state of New York has said, New York City, you still have to pay the firefighter. Who pays for that? The taxpayers pay for that. So everywhere you look at the fact that you have somebody where a government says, we're gonna shut you down, you have to take this or you're gonna lose your job. Yep. You're paying for that. Yep. Taxpayers are paying for that mistake that cities made when they demanded that you get the Fauci-ouchie, that you had to have the vaccine in order to keep your job. If it happens in New York State, I'm gonna be very interested to see how it starts playing itself out in other states across the country as we begin to have more lawsuits like this of people losing their jobs. I'll be very interested to see if it happens in the private sector as well, because in that particular case, This is where it really boils down to, you have to look at what are the policies of your business? What are the policies of the the government that you might be working for if you're a state or a county or, or a city employee? And you have to ask yourself as a taxpayer, who's gonna be paying for those mistakes that get made off of an experimental drug? These are the places where it really does matter Mm-hmm. who you have in office, and their philosophy towards government. 
it's kind of like the old Ronald Reagan saying, the joke that he used to tell. And the guy knocks on the door and, and they answer the door and it says, hi, I'm here from the government and I'm here to help. That, that doesn't necessarily mean a good thing because we find government demanding certain things of us that in reality end up costing us in the long run. Here's the, the, the main issue I have with this is that we're seeing, we're, we're seeing reports of what's coming out once we realize that there are instances where this does affect menstrual cycles. Where this, where, and we were told six months ago that was a deranged conspiracy theory and you need to shut up. Shut up. Pipe down. It's not real. And, and, and we're, we're seeing all of these things. You've got to wonder. I don't know if you've seen the videos. And I'm not saying it's contributed to this, but Justin Bieber came out a couple months ago and said that he was having partial facial paralysis. Katy Perry, if you've seen the video, it's weird. I mean, her entire left side of her, or right side of her face just droops down in the middle of a concert. She's trying to pull her eyelid back up. It's weird. Really? It's like cartoonish. It's scary what's happening. I'm not saying those are connected to the vaccine, but there have been reports <laughs> that uh, what's in it can cause partial facial paralysis. The point is, be certain of who you're giving power to. Right. And the simple fact is, as we've seen today, the theme of today is they, they, will, they will disguise their lust for power as a virtuous right for your freedom. It's just not the case. It's just not the case. So we hope you tune in tonight to the governor's debate, the gubernatorial debate. Right. On South Carolina Educational Television. That's at 7 p.m. tonight. Again, Gavin, you're welcome for promoing. Um, tune into that tonight. Tomorrow, we'll be back here. We will recap for you in case you didn't <sighs> get we to have watch. Well, kind of, sort of. We're going to set some over-unders. If you watch the Super Bowl, <laughs> it's like you have the how long will the national anthem be? Or how many commercials will have a dog in them? Different things like that. I'm going to set the over-under right now. This is the only one you get here. We'll oh. talk about the ones we set. <laughs> I'm going to set the over-unders at the we don't do that here at three and a half. Over-under. I have to set it at the half because that's how you get the over-under. Three and a half times, Governor McMaster says, we don't do that here. Oh, it's more, it's more than that. So you hit the over there. I go over. Number of times Joe Cunningham says that Henry McMaster doesn't believe you should have freedom. Over under, I'm going to set that at four and a half. Oh, that's a solid five. Okay, so Dave's going to hit the over in both of those. Children, we learn that it's important to always be smart <laughs> in picking the over-unders. Never take the under. Always <laughs> take, take the, the over. over. Hammer it. Have fun tonight with the debate. Don't have too much fun. <laughs> if you can, I guess. Um, whether it's here talking about a governor's debate, whether it's talking about critical race theory in schools, whether it's talking about the New York State Supreme Court, finally coming to grips with what we've all known for the last mm, year and a half, or if it's about what's happening in downtown Columbia and the use of taxpayer dollars that we don't apply for. No, we don't apply we don't, for those. We, Palmetto Family doesn't take hospitality money because we, we have no need no, to take hospi hospitality uh, money. money. And we're not upset that they're taking hospitality money, it's that they're getting hospitality grant money to do outrageous things in public? That would be part of it, yeah. And tell me I'm okay, tell me I should be okay with it? You should be okay with whatever they choose to do. Got it. it is, so, it's, it's, it's the city's money. So to it's our friends, so to our friends old and new, who Welcome. are following us on the podcast, we appreciate you joining us for a, an intelligent, patriotic conversation about the events going on across South Carolina well, because and the we country. Are the, 
we are the fastest growing conservative podcast. In we the are state the of fastest growing Carolina. conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina. And we look forward to talking to you tomorrow as we recap the governor's debate here in South Carolina. For Kevin Cayello, Mitch Prosser, Dave Wilson, who is staged to my left. Thank I'm you. Justin Hall, and we will see you tomorrow right here on the Palmetto Family Matters podcast.